0: This is Season 2, Episode 18 of The Language Mastery Show, with Katie Harris. Here's a little sample of what's coming up.
1: Find something that you enjoy, so that it's easier to get motivated to do it. And then the second thing, which is equally as important, if not more, break it down into really, really, really small steps. And only you will know what that looks
0: like for you. Welcome back to The Language Mastery Show. This is your host, John Fotheringham today's episode, I chat with Katie Harris, who I had the pleasure to meet in Bratislava at the 2019 Polyglot Gathering, and I attended her talk, How to Learn a Language by Watching TV and Film, which had lots of great tips and tools on how to best use videos in language learning and get the most out of your time watching TV and movies. Katie runs the site The Joy of Languages and is also the host of the 5-Minute Italian Podcast and the Easy Italian YouTube channel. For show notes, go to languagemastery.com slash show. All right, without further ado, here's my chat with Katie Harris. So usually the first thing that I like to get into is what I call your origin story, how you got into languages in the first place, you know, a lot of glots they have you know seems to be one of two stories either they happen to always love languages and they just were kind of in it from the beginning or seems to be more common is really struggling with languages especially in school and then later sort of realizing like oh i don't suck at languages my method sucked <laughs> so.
1: mine's definitely the second one
0: okay <laughs> yeah so yeah walk us through that that story then uh
1: so yeah, so at school I was um, – which, which I think it's quite interesting because I wasn't bad um, – I was generally quite good at school. I, I liked mm-hmm. to kind of get good marks, and I was a little bit of a nerd, And but but languages was one thing that I wasn't very good at at all. And I think probably the reason was schools try and apply the same kind of methods that you use to study other subjects to right. study languages, so like memorizing things and yeah. – um and then it just it just didn't really stick so trying to memorize verbs and, and vocabulary like lots and lots of games like to to learn um vocabulary in isolation like word memory games and things and then obviously after even like five years of that I got to the end and I, I still couldn't really have a conversation
0: but you got um, good at memorizing words in isolation probably yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: exactly right. although but I don't know whether you find this but for me when whenever I try and memorize words out of context, when I try and use them in a conversation, I just, they just disappear. It's like,
0: they're not, it's
1: like my brain has them in two
0: different boxes. Right. Right. Which just goes to show how ineffective that method is, I think for most people.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And um, so when I, when I really fell in love with languages was when I, so I was doing, I, I tried to learn some Italian at university um, but I did really, really badly at it. Uh, the same story, like a couple of years trying to memorize things, um, not getting very far, not getting very good grades. And then, but then I did a year abroad in Italy and that was, that, that changed everything really. Cause that, um, all of a sudden, instead of being about memorizing things for a test, languages were about communicating with people. So right. I, I wasn't worried about having everything perfect. Um, I just tried to, Use what little I had to, to make an idiot of myself, and um, and and I set myself a rule as well that I, I wanted—I didn't want to hang around with all the international students. I wanted to try and actually integrate into the Italian culture and learn Italian well. So I set myself a rule that I couldn't hang around with people that I spoke English with. I could only hang around with Italians. Um, so that was—I kind of really threw myself in at the deep end. It was really, really awkward at the beginning, just incredibly embarrassing and and a huge struggle and um quite depressing for the first few (laughs) weeks or months Um, but I kept going with it because I did realize that by doing that kind of I guess the force yourself to use it method Mm -hmm. um, whether that be speaking or also listening and so so instead of um like lessons being like trying to memorize verbs or grammar um or vocabulary lessons being things like trying to read a magazine that i liked
0: right or,
1: so just using the language in a real context
0: right you have an immediate need and it's very clear you know if somebody is understanding you or not and obviously they could tell if you're understanding or not and that that then kind of comes the test
1: yeah absolutely yeah. yeah and it was just um I think yeah, the big difference for me was really associating language with with people when it came to having conversations mm-hmm. um and you know because I don't like doing a test but I like talking to people right so that was a lot more motivating yeah um and then also but then associating with it with things that I like when it came to studying because instead of sitting there and trying to memorize grammar rules I did a lot more of um, trying to, to read things or trying to listen to things. Right. And those, I think the combination of those things, like speaking, reading and listening to things that I liked, um, just, and realizing that they worked compared to what I did at school. Right. Um, then I fell in love with learning languages and I tried, I decided to try with other ones
0: as well. Well, I think those listening, I hope can have the same experience. Cause I, I definitely have seen that for most people I've talked to, whether on the podcast or just learners out in the world, that does seem to be one of those big shifts is realizing, like, wait a minute, I can choose not only what language to learn, how to learn it, but also what, you know, listening or reading things I immerse myself in. I don't have to read about, you know, high finance. If I'm not interested in finance, I don't have to, you know, if I'm into bird watching, I can read about bird watching in that target language, you know, yeah. or, or whatever it is. Yeah. Which I think yeah, is
1: absolutely. Yeah. And often, um, I think with kind of courses like, um, school books, I guess they're, you know, the topics are often not very exciting. And then yeah. we, we get surprised that we're not motivated, but you right. get, I'm, I'm not really motivated to read something that's like, Oh, Jan, goes to the shop and buys some Parmesan.
0: Uh, you're not, that's my favorite topic. <laughs> I love reading about the boulangerie and yeah, <laughs> right.
1: I mean, it's good. I think it's good at the beginning, definitely, to to kind of get um, to to get some familiarity with the language. Right. Absolutely, but after a while, I, th- I think people kind of try- stay at that level for way too long because the next level feels like a struggle, too much of a struggle. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, there's a big jump, and it, it, it is tough. I mean, I, I'm a huge advocate of uh, immersing yourself in. You know, not not only comprehensible but also interesting content as much as you can. But definitely, in that very, very, very beginning stage—that's a little tough. You know, to find fascinating content. You know,
1: so you yeah, kinda, you gotta, definitely. Kinda
0: force yourself a little bit of a slog. I think in the beginning there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I know that video is is a big part of um, definitely the modern language learner's toolkit potentially. And you actually gave a talk at the Polyglot Gathering about how to use TV and movies to learn languages. Can you talk a bit more about why video can be such a powerful tool and some of your tips on how to best use it in language learning?
1: Yeah, uh, well, I think video is a very powerful tool because it's you can use it to create an immersion wherever you are. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, maybe 20 years ago, that was all you had were like grammar books and things like that to learn a language. Whereas now you can um you can watch a TV program or a film and it's essentially like like being there. You're you're literally eavesdropping on other people's conversations.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. You had a quote I wrote down from the the talk. Uh languages are about people, back to what we said earlier. Uh if you don't have real people, films and TV are the next best thing.
1: Yeah. I really like absolutely. That. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, some, another thing I mentioned in the talk as well, which I think sometimes definitely when you're a learner, they're actually better than real people because they don't judge you mm-hmm. and you can rewind them and right. you can pause.
0: You could pause. Yeah. In real conversation, yeah. that's usually frowned <laughs> upon to be like, stop. Yeah. Wait a minute. Say that again. What did you just say? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Google translate. <laughs> right,
0: right. Yeah. So, so it's, a,
1: it's a great way to prepare for, for real conversations actually.
0: Right. So how do you actually go about it? Because I know a lot of people will hear, okay, I should watch video and then they'll go to Netflix or whatever streaming tool, YouTube, and then they'll just watch something and then maybe not feel like they're getting much out of it or they're stopping the video every two seconds to look up words. What does an actual accession for video learning look like for you?
1: Yeah. Um... So I think this depends very much on, on the level. Sure. Um, and it, it's interesting because it goes back to what we were talking about before a little bit, um, which is the big question. You know, OK, so everybody's telling me that I should get content that I enjoy to learn a language, you know, like, a, like watch a film on Netflix or, or, or um, especially when it comes to films. And then if you just stop there, the next question is, or I think it becomes very frustrating because you think, okay, I'm going to sit and watch a Spanish TV series, but I don't understand anything. Right. So, um, so if that happens, then, then that's, you know, how do you make that jump, I suppose, from, from beginners materials that walk you through every step and every sentence to actually um, watching and understanding things for native speakers? Mm-hmm. Um. Especially when you think because native materials, when we're talking about films and TV programs and these kind of videos, native speakers have spent, like, they're designed for native speakers who spent, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of hours, like, listening to their native language. Right. So
0: it's quite difficult
1: for us to jump in and then um, start listening to them and understanding them in a meaningful way.
0: And I think an important point here is that to make that content interesting for the native speaker, it usually can't be too simple or obvious because that would be boring there needs to be like nuance and subtleties and things that yeah which I think maybe is why things like reality tv I know you'd mentioned that's something you recommend because it's maybe not quite so subtle (laughs) yeah
1: yeah Yeah. absolutely yeah um yeah I, I think it depends a little bit on what your goal is um but definitely yeah. reality tv is good because it's in some ways it's a good it's probably not a good place to start but it's easier to follow than than something like a film because yeah as you say like films to be a good film it has to be creative like the the conversations have to be very interesting and possibly different to a normal conversation whereas reality tv is more just like everyday vocabulary right um those little words that people say all the time that you might not find in textbooks Uh, but i guess so coming back to the idea of how do you make that jump um i would say one thing that's really really important is if you can find something with subtitles that will change your life yes. <laughs> uh, because again you can pause it you can go back um you can check the words you don't know uh, you can see all kinds of interesting things if you use it as a way to complement your studies you, you can actually probably see what you've been studying being used in in real conversations and i think that's extremely valuable. Um, so yeah, having the subtitles is excellent. You can, in a way, it's like reading. I mean, lots of people talk about uh comprehensible input and, and reading and how much you can you can get from that. And if you have subtitles on that's essentially the same, you can learn lots of vocabulary from it. Um but sometimes you have even the problem where if you put the, if you're watching a video with uh for native speakers with subtitles in the language you're learning. Even then, you don't really understand a lot. Um, and in, in that case, there, there's a, an excellent app that I've been playing with recently. It's my, my new favorite toy called Language Learning with Netflix.
0: Yeah, it's great. You'd recommended it in yes, your talk. Yes. And I recently started playing with it as well. It's really cool. LWN, right? I think is the... I,
1: right? I think it's LLN, Language Learning right. Okay.
0: Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. But yeah, it's such a cool tool. Um, yeah and what I didn't realize is that you could even turn on subtitles that are not actually included in the Netflix show itself, so like within Netflix, if you go to the drop down for subtitles, sometimes it'll only list maybe just English or a few others, but in the this is a Chrome extension, and it actually yeah. will give you even additional options, which I don't know if they're just translating then from the English using machine translation to other languages or how they're doing it, but
1: it's yeah. Pretty, pretty I, I'm not sure either. Yeah. Cause I found that just by accident that sometimes, um, when it wasn't on, I couldn't find the, the Chinese subtitles that I wanted for something. And I thought, Oh, why is that? And I realized that it, they were only there because of the language learning with, with Netflix. So it's, um, and yeah, I guess the main thing with that sort of the feature of that that makes it easier to use is that you, um, you click on a word that you don't know and then it, the, the translation pops up. So it makes it extremely easy to read. Right. Um, and I, I, I haven't been in touch with the people who make it, but they they strike me as um, language learning nerds because it seems like every time I turn Netflix on, there's another update, which is something that that I would have thought, oh, wouldn't it be amazing if it right. did this, and right. then and then it does it. So, so they're obviously very like committed to making it as good as they can for 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 learning languages with Netflix, which I guess is what it's supposed to. Yeah,
0: no, it's really well done, and as you said, they're constantly updating it which is cool um and i like that it is done natively within the browser while you're already there because there are there are some other great tools out there that will use videos to help you learn but you have to then go into that app or you have to figure out some way to get the subtitles into that other third-party application so the fact you can just do it right there i think it also means you're more likely to do it because any extra step it's just increasing friction and the likelihood you're just not going to do it. You'll put it off till later and then never.
1: Yeah, but. definitely. Yeah, I com- completely agree with that. I think with everything else, I get lost somewhere in between those steps that you just mentioned. Um, so even though I know they're good ideas, I kind of think, oh yeah, I need to find out how to do that, and then never right, end up doing it.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. Got to make it yeah <laughs> simple and easy and frictionless. So
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, one of the other ideas that i hadn't actually really come across until your talk was this idea of doing bi-directional translation which was a super cool idea can you talk through sort of what that is and how it can help learners
1: yeah so it's um i don't know who who came up with the idea but um there are a couple of polyglots who've made it uh famous it's uh luca lampariello Mm
0: -hmm. he's been on the uh, podcast yep
1: oh yeah okay Okay. (laughs) Um, and Lydia Machova as well. Mm -hmm. I think she uses it as well. Um, so it's, and the idea is that you, so for this, you need subtitles, um, and you can, to use it with a film or any video, um, just take a scene with subtitles and the subtitles will be in the language that you're learning. So read the subtitles and then try and translate them into your native language. Uh, so I'm, I'm not sure how other people do it. I think I do it slightly different. Um, but the the way I do it is that, so, so the definition of um, bilingual translation, I guess, is just translating it into your language and then translating it back after. Um, but the way that, that I do it is I kind of skip a step. What I really want to do is I want to focus on the difference between the language i'm learning say for example spanish and then english so I'll, I'll do these crazy sentences um let's see if i can think of an example like no lo tengo mm-hmm. i would literally write like no it i have
0: got it so it's in linguistics actually will often do this for a text is they'll do a word for word literal translation and that to your point, you then you're figuring out what is the structure and the the syntax and the patterns of your target language, yeah. but also then practicing the vocabulary and making sure you understand the meaning of it. So exactly two birds with one stone. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so that's the first step I'll do on the first day is just to take a little scene and then do like write, for example, Spanish into this weird sounding mm-hmm. English. Uh, English in a Spanish structure right and then the day after uh, come back to it and then so I've I've got this page of English in a Spanish structure and then I use that to try and translate it back into Spanish and then this is super useful because then you have what you wrote in Spanish and then you can compare it with the original subtitles So then you see – I see what I thought the Spanish should be, and then I see what the Spanish actually was. And then that makes all kinds of mistakes come out, and then I I get to see what I don't know yet and where I still have problems.
0: Yeah, you see where your gaps are. Yeah. So are you – for both of those stages, are you doing this sentence by sentence, playing the video, pause, writing out the English, and then day two when you're going back to check the Spanish, going sentence by sentence and pausing it to check or – Are you doing phrases or, you know, a minute at a time? Or how does that look like?
1: So I'll write a page in the the Spanishized English. But then so when I'm looking at at the details, I'll just do I'll do like a sentence or as much as my brain can take. It probably is sentence by sentence.
0: Another technique that I thought was really cool that you talked about was using dictation as a method also for using video, which I think a lot of learners are familiar with dictation in an audio only setting so how do you do dictation with video
1: so it's actually very very similar um, it's just a bit more interesting because you have the video as right. well and the fact that there are subtitles available makes it um much 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 smoother and um, which means that you're probably more likely to do it as well talking before right. about reducing friction things, um, so it works in exactly the same way so you can um, press play just listen to the first sentence, if you're a beginner, you'll probably start with just something tiny. And then as your language level grows and your brain can handle more, you'll you'll probably do longer chunks. Um, but so you listen and you write the first uh, sentence or the first few words. And then afterwards, uh, stop, turn on subtitles and then check um, that it was the same.
0: Well, I I want to go back really quickly to touch on you made the point that reading subtitles is actually reading practice. And I think that's another interesting point that people think of video as being just listening and, and watching something. And it certainly is. And it creates that rich context that uh, you don't have in only written text. So it's actually, in some ways it's super reading, which is cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And I, I don't know why I feel like I've only just discovered this recently uh, because the, the longer I've been learning languages for, and um, the more I kind of move away a little bit from all of the things that feel like studying mm-hmm. so memorizing things and learning about rules. And the more that I move towards things that are more enjoyable. So, uh, like, like reading, for example, right. and partly out of necessity, I think, because I've been doing it for a long time and I'm a bit bored of feeling like I'm studying, uh, but the interesting thing is that it it seems to still work. So for a while, I've been doing, um, yeah, reading instead of instead of a lot more reading rather than kind of studying the rules. And then even more recently, it's just occurred to me that doing this with like watching TV with subtitles is essentially the same thing. And there's lots of research that indicates that reading is is a great way to learn a language, especially reading and listening at the same time. You can learn pronunciation. You can learn lots of vocabulary. You can pick up um, some grammar points without really realizing it. And so, yeah, so I kind of feel like this is – I'm not a huge fan of the word, like, hack, but I feel like for me, um, yeah, just watching – series with subtitles especially when you're at the right level where you can get into a little bit of a flow but even if you're not and you're using language learning with netflix to look up words all the time i feel that's just a really really enjoyable way to make really fast progress in a language of learning
0: And, and i think one thing i want to underscore about listening and reading at the same time is you then avoid the problem if you're only reading oftentimes even with our native languages you know when we're younger we will think that a word is pronounced a certain way and then often will fossilize that incorrect pronunciation you know like as a kid I think a lot of people think it's instead of Descartes they think it's Descartes you know until they hear yes. it and they're like oh that is that another is he like is he related to that other guy it's like no no that's the yeah. same person you're like oh don't you know but, it, but yeah, it had you heard yeah. it instead so, of just reading it or heard it as you read it, then it avoids that problem. So I think that's yeah. it's really important.
1: Definitely. Yeah. It just, it, it covers so many bases and it's so enjoyable as well yeah. that it's just a, a really nice way to learn. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, people already binge watch TV almost without effort uh, in their yeah. native language. So if that's already a <laughs> habit you have, instead of kicking yourself for being lazy, you just do it in the foreign language instead and now it's language acquisition instead of you yeah. know being a lazy bum on the couch.
1: <laughs> Definitely, yeah. yeah. Hence my addiction to French reality TV. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's guilt-free That's right. reality That's TV. Right. Yeah,
0: it's for a purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. how do you feel about watching anything with your native language in the subtitles, either first to sort of build context or later to check comprehension is that something you ever do for certain languages at certain stages or are you all about target language subtitles
1: so it's something that i try and avoid as much as i can Mm -hmm. because i do feel like it's probably the least useful activity that you can do when it comes to watching tv to learn a language because you're or at least I find, and I think many other people find as well, your brain, uh, you just focus on reading so you don't pick up too much from from the listening. That said, I think people are often too extreme when they criticize it because people often say like, oh, it never works, it's totally useless, but it, it clearly isn't because there's, you know, there are countries, um, there's research that indicates that people who live in countries where um they have films and tv in english but with subtitles in their native language um have much higher levels of uh, have much higher skill levels in english compared to countries that dub films and tv series right. so it clearly works to some extent i don't think it's the most effective thing but it, it's certainly better than than nothing and if you do little techniques like um I mean, some people swear by it i have a student who does it all the time and he says I told him off for it, and he said, yeah, but I'm constantly, um, when I'm reading it, I'm constantly trying to link the sounds to the subtitles, and, and that way I learn new words, and that way I, I learn differences, because I'm listening, I, I'm concentrating on it, I'm actually focusing on the audio as well. And I think if you make an effort to do it in that way, then it's it's not totally useless, like some people would right, say. Right,
0: right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's it's not ideal, but... There's this nuanced middle ground where it can be useful. Uh, but going back to the learning languages with Netflix, now there's this other option in the middle. Again, where it's not either or. It's not only watching with target language subtitles or your native language subtitles. There's this middle ground where you're watching with the target language subtitles, but you can interact with them and figure out what certain words or phrases mean as you go. And so that's that probably provides just enough of a crutch where people don't have to resort back to you know english subtitles if they don't understand what's happening which is often i think the challenge in that intermediate or you know beginner stage when the content maybe is a bit beyond your level of comprehension this can kind of help you get there
1: yeah absolutely and i think um i think using them to check is actually extremely extremely useful and i i love the way that now with with things like Netflix and also YouTube, if if it has translations in several languages, you can, uh, one thing that happens to me very often with Chinese, for example, is that I'll be, I'll be going through it and I'll, I'll I'll check every word. And then you you get that thing where you think, well, I know what every word means now, but I have no idea (laughs) (laughs) what what the whole sentence means together. Uh, So in that case, I'll, I'll switch back to, I'll just that sentence switch back and read it in English. And then, what often happens is I realize that actually, you know, that's that's the sentence that I don't need at my level right now. So then I just I just mm-hmm. skip back and I think it's it's quite useful to be able to use your native language even just for that, just to see what um, what what doesn't make the cut. I suppose what you can just like right. let slide you now.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really powerful um, psychological point of view. A lot of polyglots seem to have is having the courage to ignore or to put aside things that aren't completely relevant right now. And and yeah. being okay with uncertainty and ambiguity. Because I think that's, Absolutely. you said earlier about how, you know, beginner texts, they explain everything. So even though it's very, very basic, it maybe trains beginner learners to think they should expect to understand everything going on. Yeah. yeah and I think getting over that is how you get from being a beginner to intermediate to advanced, is sort of getting yourself used to, like, I don't understand everything that's happening and that's okay. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to die. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) We'll figure it out. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And I think you kind of, um, I think when it comes to language learning, one thing that I've noticed is that it's, yeah, mentality is, is a huge player in, in how easily you learn. And I've noticed this making a comparison between how I feel about learning languages and how I feel about maths Mm which at school I used to feel exactly the same. Uh, I used to kind of look at something and not understand it and then get really frustrated and then think that I was no good at it and um, you know generally end up feeling very bad about myself. Um, and now it, it's very interesting watching how – so it's got nothing to do with nature. It's just how my mentality has changed through experience.
0: Right.
1: Now um, I just – accept things that i don't know without beating myself up i just i feel very calm when i'm learning because i know that there'll be things that i don't understand there'll be things that i don't know but they'll come around again if they're important and if they're not important they won't come around again um whereas and i can make the comparison now because i feel like if i had to go back to learning maths now i would again be very frustrated and be like oh why don't i understand this thing (laughs) So I can certainly understand where people come from um, when they feel like that with learning a language. But I think it's all about, um, yeah, like developing, as you say, that mentality to be okay with ambiguity, to know that they don't need to understand everything at first and to also stay stay calm and not get frustrated. I think it's not necessarily about being better at something. It's just about being able to not get frustrated as you as you don't understand something as you will sooner or later.
0: Yes, I love that the British idea, right? Of keep calm and carry on. Yeah.
1: Um, (laughs) Yeah. Which is everything when it comes to language learning, I think.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I think realizing that it's about exposure and practice and not intelligence because that's such a common, I think, misconception people have that people that do speak one or many languages that it's a matter of, oh, they're just really smart or they're really good at languages instead of realizing like maybe they have some things that have helped them. In terms of intellect but that alone isn't going to get you very far and these guys have just done an immense amount of work and time immersed in that language
1: yes definitely yeah and I think time's time's a really big one as well because I noticed with my my students a really big frustration point is this um feeling like if you can understand the grammatical point logically mm-hmm. or I guess the idea of learning a grammar point is interesting when it comes to language learning because it doesn't really work in that way uh, and I think many students have this idea okay well if I can remember this and understand it and learn it then I should be able to use it perfectly mm-hmm. and then if I if I don't use it perfectly then I'm not regular languages right. and, and then they get very frustrated whereas actually language learning doesn't work like that at all it's more like I, I, I still believe in learning grammar I still think it's useful mm-hmm. but I think it's more like planting a seed so you're like okay i know that that exists now um but the real learning to use it correctly and not make so many mistakes just comes from from usage and repetition you can understand something logically and not be able to use it correctly and i think vice versa sometimes as well you can use something correctly from hearing it through repetition but not really understand the rule behind it right
0: And, and i think i think the understanding of consciously part and be able to use it subconsciously without effort that's that's the distinction i think people need to understand and once you already have maybe an intuitive sense of it and then you learn about the grammar rule you can have kind of a aha uh-huh moment where you realize like oh that's why it's that way but going the other way of trying to consciously memorize it to try to make it subconscious i think yeah that's just it just doesn't really work that way unfortunately
1: yeah yeah it just it just feels incredibly frustrating i think because it's like trying to squeeze something in that that won't go in right right your brain's not ready for it yet
0: yeah and it's just not how it's not how we acquire our first language and it's just not how we acquire second language either that said i do think as adults learning foreign languages we do have all of this you know amazing cognitive bandwidth that can be um well the other day i talked with uh um gabriel Gelman, and he he made the point that study you know language actual study as opposed to immersion acquisition can be a shortcut for adults but it has to be a little bit of uh, of a sprinkling on top of all of that other immersion stuff but if you only do the study it's a shortcut to nowhere
1: absolutely yeah yeah i think that's a really interesting way of putting it and i think that that's that's what gives people the false idea that they're not good at languages. Is because they they try and do the only study part, and then they don't get anywhere. Um, whereas if they if they spent much more time doing the immersion part and getting um, absorbing the language, um, then then yeah, I think grammar is great, and I certainly find that it it helps me sometimes. You know, I'll kind of try and quickly think of a rule when I'm speaking, and sometimes I get it right, sometimes I get it wrong. But I think it does certainly does help me. Um, but as you say, using it to I think using it to make sense of what you're doing rather than the other way around. Um, so using it to, to make sense of the sentences that you're seeing or hearing and that you've been seeing and hearing for a long time. Mm-hmm. So as you say, you get this like aha moment. Ah, that's what that mm-hmm. is. That's when it sticks.
0: Right. I think But that aha moment won't happen to your point of if you're only doing the study, you don't yeah, have that foundation absolutely. of immersion. Um, but it does take time, and I think that's another important thing people need to understand is, okay, maybe you're watching videos all the time, and you're doing some of these methods with dictation and with bidirectional translation, and you know it's not going to be six days of this, and then you're just getting it, no. right? It's, I mean, this is a matter <laughs> no. of, of weeks and months and you know accumulation of many, many, many hours. Yeah.
1: yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing that's very interesting as well, coming back to the idea um, that people can get frustrated because they feel like if they've studied some grammar, they should be able to use it, is that actually, uh, if you think about people who speak English as a second language, and people who speak English phenomenally, uh, they may be doctors, they may be lawyers, um, they're using the language all the time. Um, I very often hear people who speak English in this way uh, forget the S on like, the, the third-person right. So you know, they might say like, he know, instead of he knows. And that's something that they learnt the very first lesson. Yeah. So, and of course, so this happens to us the other way around as well. You know, I have students who are learning Italian and um, mixing up the, 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 the plurals can be quite difficult. The, the ends of the words that change masculine and feminine and you get this, uh, I should know this. I think that's the worst. Uh, I think that's one of the things that really, really holds you back as a long return of this, like, I should know this. Whereas actually, as you said, it, it just, it takes a lot of time, even for the thing that you studied in the first lesson, to actually use it correctly. But during that time, you're building up vocabulary, you're building up speed, you're building up other grammatical concepts. So it's all coming together. Uh, it doesn't make sense to focus on... You know, I'm still making mistakes. on of the things I made in the first lesson, because everybody is. Right.
0: Yeah, you have to give it time to gestate and you know work its way into your subconscious, you know, unconscious competence, as they say. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think yeah. having that patience, you know, going back related to psychology, we talked about you know the importance of being okay with ambiguity. I think the other big thing is patience. People having the yeah. patience to give their brain time to sort of figure the stuff out and not expect too much too soon.
1: Definitely. And
0: to not yeah. should on themselves, you know, exactly. <laughs> stop shooting on yeah, yourself. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 there's that one lesson I went to like ban from all of my classes is I should know uh, this because <laughs> you shouldn't, you know, you, there's no, it's normal. It's normal for everybody. So, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, it's, it's tough. I think, when people think languages are are hard which i always argue against um you know the language itself actually isn't the hard thing it's the hard part of a language is the time and the discipline and the courage yeah. and the you know getting yourself okay with not understanding like that's the part that actually takes a lot more effort the actual the language yeah. itself you know you just have to show up then your then yeah. your brain, you know, pretty much does all the heavy lifting on its own if it gets enough exposure to interesting comprehensible content going back again to yeah. to that. Um Absolutely. are there things you've changed your mind about? You know, you said you've you've sort of shifted some of your approaches, you know, making things more fun instead of studying per se. Are there other things you've shifted on in the last few years or so?
1: um one thing i keep shifting on is is how useful i guess coming back to the same topic really but how useful it is to consciously study things Mm -hmm. so to consciously study grammar rules and to consciously study vocabulary so this is something that i've changed as i mentioned before as time has gone on and i've been doing it less and less um and i don't think i'll ever change my mind about the fact that that should be like a supplement Mm -hmm. um but sometimes i sometimes I play with the idea that maybe it's not necessary at all. So I'll, I'll go through for long periods of time, just reading and, and just watching TV programs. I like, um, having conversation lessons with people chatting and, and doing nothing that feels like conscious studying, um, and then afterwards I think, ah, oh, but no, maybe, maybe I could kind of speed this up a little bit and get a little bit more out of it if I did that little sprinkling of um, checking grammar rules and checking vocabulary. Um, and then maybe I might do that too much. and Then I feel like it's not working enough. Right. So <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's quite normal as well to go through, um, to experiment with different methods and have things that you feel are working at some point and not working at another time.
0: And, a, um, and it changes potentially, I think from language to language you know i'm sure there are things now with learning chinese that are going to be different than what you did with italian or spanish like because it is such a different language i won't say hard i, I will never call a language hard, difficult yeah it's just very different very
1: yeah. yeah and that's very interesting that you say that because um whenever people ask me if chinese is difficult i, I can say each study session is no more effortful than any other language right. Um, so, it, so it's not harder in the sense that when I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> my brain's working harder. Right. Um, but it, it takes more of those study sessions to get to the sure. same level. Right. So I, more to it's learn. not
0: hard, right. it Yeah. it takes a lot longer. Yeah, You have a, you know, whole set of Chinese characters to learn instead of just a, you know, Latin based alphabet. Um, yeah. but even that, I mean, there are certain advantages, I think. I don't know how far you've gotten into characters, but there's a lot of, I think, really cool um advantages in some ways once you know the basic meaning or pronunciation of characters themselves or the radicals within them there's all these cool sort of guessing things you can do when you come across new characters or new words so yeah yeah.
1: Yeah, yes unfortunately i haven't got that far into characters because i've been focusing more on um use the things that i would need to use i suppose
0: so i've kind of conversational um Fluency first, yeah. yeah which is a good, speaking of definitely,
1: yeah. But one thing that was interesting because I was focusing on um, listening and, and speaking, but then because I was so desperate to start using content, right. using TV and using and, and reading to, to be able to learn Chinese, I'm actually teaching myself how to read now. Um, but the reading is almost incidental benefit. Mm. Being able to read in Chinese is almost an incidental benefit. I, I learned to read because I wanted to be able to learn by watching TV, essentially. Right. So I needed to read to be able to do
0: that. But that's a cool um, way to go about it, I think, because then you have a strong why, why you're doing it, a fun why, instead of just a, yeah. I should do this or, yeah. you know, it would be nice to, I think those are always really weak whys that don't, they don't, They won't get yeah. you motivated enough. So, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: So we mentioned Netflix, we mentioned um Talking with tutors is one thing. Do you have a preferred um, place that you find tutors online? Does it vary language to language, or do you have kind of one go to?
1: Um, I almost always use um, I, I almost always use Italki mm-hmm. just because I started using it years ago, and and it's always been very easy to right. use and good value. So and they have fine.
0: so many amazing teachers and tutors. Yeah, that's my yeah, go to. Also, absolutely. definitely. Yeah. Um, are there other favorite resources you have um let's do it for because i know Italians one of your main focuses right now do you have like a favorite like italian podcast or you, in fact i should say you have your own italian podcast <laughs> just to give that a plug yeah <laughs> uh, we'll put that in the show notes for sure uh, yeah but are there other things that you you like to go to for listening practice or reading practice you know, favorite TV shows.
1: So now with Italian, um, I mostly just use native speak resources for native speakers. So, um, things like, uh, there's a great, uh, magazine that they have called Internazionale, and it's, um, so it's like international and, and they take newspapers from all over the world and they translate them into Italian. Um, so, but it's, I'd say with Italian now, yeah, it's mostly just, um, just using resources for, Native, native speakers uh, but then uh, another little plug if i may is um we do uh we, we have a channel called easy italian as well where we go out and we, we speak to native speakers and um i find that quite interesting because actually having that not just listening to italians uh, speaking in you know in a normal conversation where i'm having to concentrate on on the meaning of what they're saying uh coming back to to dictations as well I, I have to dictate what they say to make the materials mm-hmm. and and then like I'm always noticing new things that people are saying mm-hmm. and uh you know things that maybe I knew but oh I wouldn't say that in that way so then I can I can pick up um and of course I anyway, you know you don't have to make videos to do that anyone can do that with um but easy languages is a series so you could do it with any they have Spanish and, and German as well and I think there I, I used I've been using the German one for years and I use that um To do dictations and
0: all of the other stuff that we've been talking about. I think what we're saying here is you have to start a podcast if you want to learn a language. That's that's the tip. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no
1: YouTube channel. You heard it here.
0: YouTube channel (laughs) podcast. Yeah, yeah. You have to make your own movies. Everybody has to become a director. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah. Yeah, Because for me, like, I don't learn a language to to pass an exam. I I don't need them to work. Really, what I really want to to learn a language for is to be able to communicate with people when I travel. And and for that reason, I want to, um, maybe not so much focus on things like reading a newspaper or watching the news. Um, but I, I want to really be working with natural conversations. So that could be things like Netflix or YouTube channels where they, where people are just chatting in a normal way. Um, I think that's what I, try and focus on mostly so one of those with some with subtitles and you're away too much
0: yeah it's that finding that combo of interesting stuff with subtitles or with a transcript that sometimes can be tough because often it will be yeah one or the other yeah are there any for chinese that you found helpful
1: there's um Yo-yo Chinese, mm-hmm. um, she's done a fantastic uh, intermediate course where, she, uh, speaking of uh, natural conversations, um, she, she went back to China and she, she took a team with her and she recorded videos of her with her family and her with her friends. And I found that extremely, extremely useful because um, that was the first resource that I'd found. I, I really struggled with Chinese because it was, everything was either totally in English. They were describing, you know, they were talking about right. Chinese words and Chinese grammar, and explaining it all in in English. Right. And I thought, well, this isn't really going to help yeah. me uh, speak Chinese.
0: It uh, help me understand Chinese
1: the in English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Um, or things for native speakers, right. and there was such a huge, right. huge gap that I couldn't and I couldn't find anything to to fill it. But more recently, um, there's yeah the YoYo Chinese resource, uh, also Mandarin Corner, which is completely free on YouTube. She does the same thing. So she'll have conversations with people. And there are subtitles in Chinese and in pinyin, uh, which is extremely useful
0: Perfect. for me.
1: Yeah. Um, so for those that are listening, uh, if you're
0: not familiar, pinyin is the, it's, uses Latin letters to write Chinese, but it also includes the tone marks. So you know how it's pronounced, because just having yeah. English letters with no tones is not going to get you very far.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, which ma <laughs> are, are you talking letters. about?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Or just having the, the the Chinese characters, which for me was difficult because I wasn't focusing so much on reading. Right. So having something with, yeah, with subtitles, but just Chinese characters. I thought, okay, well, this is great, but I, I have no idea how that word is pronounced. Mm. So it's nice to have um, have those subtitles as well. And then, so those two. And then Language Learning with Netflix now with the interactive subtitles where I can click on a word if I don't know where it is, uh, uh, what it means, sorry. And yeah, so now finally I feel like I have enjoyable resources mm-hmm. to move forward.
0: Yeah, and those, I think that combination is, I mean, all you really need. Um, and it, it can be tempting, I think, to try out too many different resources and trying to you know, spread yourself too thin, but instead just picking one or two things and just going, going all in on those things.
1: Yeah, definitely, because that's a big trap. And especially going back to what you were saying before about how really the language is not difficult like each you know when you sit down to study a language it's not like your brain is exploding the difficult thing is is the time um yeah
0: yeah it's figuring out how to how to get over that hump too of the i think especially earlier on um realizing the mountain of work ahead of you depending on what your goals are i mean maybe it's just having basic conversations while you travel you know that's a that's yeah. a closer closer hurdle yeah. to get to, but still there's so many thousand micro steps between you and there.
1: Yeah, definitely, and I think that can get uh, extremely extremely like o- overwhelming. So uh, talking before about having too many resources, there are just there are so many pitfalls I think that can stop you from getting into this productive routine. That's not difficult, but it's important to have in place. And I think yeah, having too many resources as we were talking about before it's definitely one of those right um yeah
0: and looking at all of the work ahead of you i think is also not a great strategy to stay motivated so (laughs) constraining it way (laughs) way down to just today okay what am i going to do today or even in the next 30 minutes or hour you know what am i going to focus on just yeah constraining that time frame down i think helps with overwhelm a lot and obviously this is true for Um, everything not just language learning but with work or other projects. Um, I'm currently working on the first print version of my master Japanese book. And I I think if I were to, or had I thought about the entire project in the beginning, I don't think I ever would have started, but instead I just try to bring it down to these tiny, tiny little micro steps. And that keeps me a little less overwhelmed.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think anything, anything that doesn't have or that potentially doesn't have an end point, like a language right. or, or a book.
0: Yeah, there's no finish line, uh, really. Potential.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And definitely not this <laughs> this beast, because now it's on... I mean, the digital version, it's on version 9, so I've continually updated it as well since it first came out 10 years ago. So there really is no <laughs> finish point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which can be kind of depressing if I let myself think about it, but I'm not going to do that.
1: So. Well, uh- <laughs> If we're going to get philosophical about things, I guess there's no finish point to anything, with really. Yeah.
0: Well, I guess death. <laughs> you can <know, we've> always. <laughs> I guess that's a well, yeah. Maybe, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe, maybe there's more after that too. Yeah. So I think yeah. we've covered it. We've we've talked about we've talked about death. That's checked marked. Okay. Yeah. So now we just have to talk yeah, about politics about and religion. And 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 yeah, Yeah, we've covered it all. Yeah. Uh, so final words. What I want to hear is if somebody is getting really frustrated or overwhelmed and they're they're finding it difficult to keep going um what would you tell that learner to get them to you know keep putting one foot in front of the other
1: Uh, i think two things uh the first thing find something that you enjoy so that it's easier to to get motivated to do it and then the second thing which is equally as important if not more going back to what we were just saying break it down into really, really, really small steps. So this could be, yeah, and only you will know what that looks like for you. I think there's, there's a big problem on, on the internet. There are so many different suggestions and things that seem like they work really well for other people. Right. And, then, and then you can get even more down on yourself because you think, oh, well, I can't do that or that doesn't work for me. But your life situation is different to their life situation. So it's really about sitting down and thinking, okay, um, what can I find that I enjoy and, and how can I integrate this into little bite sized pieces into my day and into my week and into my year.
0: Right. And I think seeing each thing you try as an experiment can be helpful too. Instead of to your point, like you don't know if this is going to work for you, you know, maybe this worked for Katie Harris or Richard Simcott, but it might not work for you. Who knows? So you have to give it a go. And then if it doesn't work, I think being okay and saying, okay, that, that didn't work for me yeah yeah
1: absolutely yeah because it's it's so easy just to think you know um i can't do this because you know it seems to be working for all of these people but i think having the the confidence to realize that you can make your own language learning program and style that, that works best for you and if something that worked for a famous person didn't work for you that's that doesn't mean that you can't you can't learn a language that's um yeah, it's, you just have to find what fits in because I, I find it constantly like I'm always looking at the the, the big like names in language learning mm-hmm. thinking like, oh, I'll try that. I'll do that and I'll do that. Yeah. And then it, it doesn't work. And then I end up thinking that it's there's something wrong with me. Whereas if I just go back to my lazy style of watching TV, that seems to work for me. So.
0: <laughs> I think the operative word is fun and effective.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. We don't have to use the L word here.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: I know I said it earlier, but yeah. But yeah, it really, you don't have to, I I think there is this, I don't know if this is true the same way in, in British culture, but definitely in the United States, there's this sort of undercurrent of this puritanical idea that something, if it's not difficult or hard or painful, that it's not good or that it's not something worth doing. That if something is fun and pleasurable and easy, that somehow that's not as meaningful or important yeah there's yeah kind of a masticism definitely. about it and
1: yeah. Right? and
0: yeah and definitely there are going to be important things you do in your life that are going to be uncomfortable or difficult but with language learning i mean it doesn't all have to hurt <laughs> you know, <there's>, no. <laughs> it really should like there's a lot of it that should just be fun and, and, yeah. and feel good and be inherently enjoyable and back to your point about you know watching movies or tv um and remembering that the whole point of it is communicating with people that it's not an end of itself so yeah
1: yeah yeah and i think you know everybody is is different like i've um i've just found well for a few years i found the secret for me for going to the gym is that i stop when it hurts Mm. and that's the only way that i've been able to maintain going like a few days a week for, for years. Right. Cause I, I just can't do it, you know? And some people would listen to that and think like, Oh, that's so inefficient, mm-hmm. you know, she, but, but I can't do it any other way. Right. I can't push myself. I can't punish myself. And it's very right. much the same with, with language learning. I can't push myself and punish myself to do things. And, um, yeah. So I guess going back to the idea basically just finding what works for you and not feeling, feeling bad if it doesn't.
0: Yeah. Be nice to yourselves, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Self-love. <laughs> Definitely awesome
1: unless you love self-punishment then, then go i guess ahead and that's true you. yeah
0: but then it's enjoyable and then it's not actually yeah but that's a whole other podcast yeah, <laughs> yeah. awesome well thank you so much um
1: having me.
0: great chat with you again and yeah best of luck with your projects and we'll, you know, we'll put show notes for links to all the resources mentioned um and where should people find you if they want to learn more
1: uh, so if you are learning any language, uh, joyoflanguages.com. Um that's where I, I'll write about my own language learning missions and often failures, trying to do something and ending up watching TV instead. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> so the theme coming on here. Yeah. Um, yeah. if you're learning Italian, uh, we have an Italian podcast which you'll find at the same address. There's um a learn, uh, there's an Italian podcast tab. And also the new channel that we just launched yesterday, which is Easy Italian on YouTube.
0: Awesome. And you guys also have, I saw, um, a way to immerse yourself in a vacation format for Italian and Spanish, I believe. So can we check that yeah, out. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Um, so the same the same website. The idea behind it is to try and create this way of making languages about people again and, and giving yourself the opportunity to practice using it in a in a nice and friendly atmosphere with people who won't get annoyed if you make mistakes. Right. Uh, and so, and you can find that it's um, under vacations on the same
0: website. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much. And yeah, we'll be back soon. All right. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening for show notes, go to language slash show. And if you'd like to support the show, there are two things you can do. Go to iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast and leave a five-star review. Helps more people find us. Or if you're learning Japanese, go to JapaneseMastery.com and check out my Master Japanese Guide, which shows you exactly how to create an immersion environment no matter where in the world you happen to live. All right, we'll see you next Friday.